church is not one person. You can't have a group defined by a common denominator with one person. It's not a group. By definition, it's not a group. So, Jesus said, for example, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Let me ask you a question. What does it mean to gather in Jesus' name? The issue here that I want to stress is twofold. Number one, it takes more than one person to be the church. And number two, it takes the presence of Jesus Christ to be the church. In us and Jesus, not a me and Jesus. This is Nita Erlene, and you are listening to the TRC Ministries podcast. When we talk about church, there is often confusion about the identity of the church and the function of the church. In today's podcast, Tori Bjorklund, president of TRC Ministries, clarifies what the church is in part three of our series, Commissional Church. Here is Tori teaching at Caravan Fellowship. Let me give you my definition, how I intend to use it for the Christian church. Not the word, but the way that I use the word. Do you know what I mean by not the word, but the way that I use the word? I mean, there's a literal meaning, and the etymology it has, it comes from a root word that means to call or to call out. Well, it's not used as the called out ones when you have a mob, and, and he says, hey, this ecclesia didn't even know why they were there. So anyway, um, it's used to mean a group of people identified by a common denominator, but in the Christian church sense, but when I put that adjective in front of it, let me give you my definition here. The community of disciples of Jesus Christ who gather together in his presence. So the Christian church is the community of disciples of Jesus Christ who gather together in his presence. And that raises the question, are they the church when they're not gathered? Where in the Bible does it say that people must go to a church or go to church? And and I talked some about what is a bona fide church, right? And so the reason I brought that up, and I think I may have caused some confusion, is that this is the common discussion that people get into as soon as you start talking about church. And a lot of the conversation is, is this a church? Is that a church? Are they a church? Are, are these people part of the church? And so you begin to ask the questions about what constitutes a correct and accurate copy of what was intended by the church. And so I was talking, I was saying that this is often the conversation. What I didn't say is, or I pointed out that those five things that were listed, not necessarily the Bible made that list. This is a man saying this is what he learned in seminary. Since I didn't go to seminary with him, I didn't get that list myself. It was it was given to me in this man's book. It's uh, Neil Cole in Organic Church. These seven things, sorry, I said five, seven things. But my point was all of those things existed you know, between the ascension of Jesus Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and they were yet instructed to wait for something and my assertion was that there was an important ingredient to being a part of the church that they had to wait for, and that was the presence of Jesus Christ, the presence of the Godhead, individually 
in the Holy Spirit and corporately in Jesus Christ. And so that's why I explained my definition ends with that gather together in the presence of Jesus. So the issue of coming to church or how to do church, I want to address that today. I want to talk about that specific issue. And I think our bent towards thinking of it that way has really tripped us up. And I question myself the value of the word. As a matter of fact, just to, to explain to you how much I question that, when I was in Ghana, we decided that the language barrier was difficult enough. And we were going to be talking to these people in the villages, and we were going to tell them what? Well, we're here to strengthen the church. If we said that, it would be really confusing, and we'd have the questions, well, which church? Which church should I go to? Or where does it say, you know, where does it explain to me what's the right church? And those sorts of things. And so what we decided was to use the term family. We're here to strengthen all of God's children. We're here to strengthen the faith of the family of God. This is what Kwame and Richard and I would tell the villagers. We bring the word of God to you to help strengthen the faith, the children of God, all the children of God, the whole family. And so we didn't get into the conversation of church because we avoided using that word. I think it's important for us to understand what church means, no matter what word we use, I really want us to focus on the entity to which it refers. And so I want to get us thinking in a little bit different terms. Now, my objective today is to try to clarify where I'm coming from and hopefully persuade you to see things that way. But that's persuasion that's important. But I'm not, I want to reiterate that I am not speaking here as your authority on this topic. We have one authority, and that's Jesus Christ, and he has spoken, and the word of God has been given to us to provide the authority, and you know Jesus is the head. And so you check out what I say, and you check it out biblically. But I want to try to be persuasive. So let me address those two issues. I see them as the same thing, basically. I want to just first start with a quote from Dallas Willard is one of my favorite authors and speakers. And I came across this quote when I was reading some stuff, and it just is apropos. So if the Christian church is the community of disciples of Jesus Christ who gather together in his presence, this seems to be really to, to apply to that, apropos appropriate in case people are wondering. But he says, if I am not distinguished from all the people on earth by the presence of God, I may as well just shut my mouth and go home and give everybody a break. I just love that statement. If we don't have something significantly different from everything else offered in this world, what are we talking so much about? Maybe the empty wagon is just making the most noise. It's the presence of God that is the difference. And that's why I put that in my definition of church. The issue that I want to bring up is that church is not one person. You can't have a group defined by a common denominator with one person. It's not a group. By definition, it's not a group. So, Jesus said, for example, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Let me ask you a question. 
What does it mean to gather in Jesus' name? The issue here that I want to stress is twofold. Number one, it takes more than one person to be the church. And number two, it takes the presence of Jesus Christ to be the church. And us and Jesus, not a me and Jesus. And there's that old song, me and Jesus, we got a good thing going. You can have a good thing going with Jesus, and that's great. We don't need anybody else. That's not true. It's the one another, the one another, one another that you see over and over and over again. It's the one another that is the church. Now, let me try to get a little orientation in our thinking for a minute. So, I got to use some big words just because it's fun. Now, I, I don't know what I, I worked. I got out my thesaurus. I worked and worked and worked to come up with other words, and I just couldn't do it. So, these are the ones that I'm going to do. I want to make a statement to you, and I'll try to clarify it and make it really clear. We treat the study of church as if it is a behavioral science rather than ontology or anthropology. Is that clear? <laughs> no. If you think about the study of people in general, in our world and in our vocabulary, there's three different areas of study, generally speaking. One is the behavioral studies. The other is ontology. Um, anybody know what ontology is? Ontology is the study of being, of being, of existing, of reality, of what constitutes actually humanity. Okay, you have people out there that are saying that we are just simply a, a mishmash of biological, we are a biological entity, a purely biological entity, physical only, that has chemical reactions that is part of this overarching system that operates. The study of being asks that very question. Is there more to us than just our physical makeup? And if so, what are the ramifications? Okay, the second one I used was anthropology. So what's anthropology? It's the study of humankind. What makes a human human? But also the social structures, the interactions, how did they relate to each other, the history. It's the study of humankind. Now, the reason I used those words, and there's behavioral science. Okay, what's behavioral science? There's another word for that. Psychology. Yep, sociology ends up generally falling into the arena of anthropology. But psychology, the study of behavior, the study of how people think about things and how they react, this is observed behavior. This is the behavioral sciences. And the thing is, when we start studying the church as if it is not actual life of God or the body of God, we start treating it like it is just an entity that has certain behaviors. If we try to conduct church, we're going to get off track. Instead, we should try to be the church, which is ontology. What does it mean to be the church? We treat the study of church as if it's a behavioral science rather than ontology or anthropology. We tend to contain the discussion to the bounds of behavior or conduct rather than being, interaction, relationship, sociological structure, and ecosystems. 
And this is a really, really important distinction that if I get to my next topic, we will talk about extensively what are ecosystems. If you start looking up, like you go to Wikipedia or textbook or something like that, and you say, what is anthropology? These are the things that will be listed. They'll list sociological structures, relationships, interactions, and ecosystem. When you look at ontology, it'll talk about the study of being, whatever that means. This idea of being, though, is really an important thing. And if we, we talk about how to conduct church, we've already missed the mark. Because we're not just a behavioral entity here. Are, if we say we are the church, then we have to talk about what does it mean to be the church. The conversation about how to conduct it goes away, and the conversation about how to be it gets replaced. So let's, let's do that for just a minute. We'll use the word family. Because when you start thinking about family, it changes the entire dynamic of how to do it. How do you do family? Let's ask that. How do you do family? We, we do talk about behavior in family, right? We talk about behavior under, in what context do we talk about behavior? Function. Is, is this good for the family? <laughs> One of the phrases that you hear people say, we don't do that. Um, well, I just did. <laughs> you know, any smart aleck kid would figure it out. What do you mean we don't? I just did that, you know. No, we don't. That's not a good thing to do. So it doesn't mean that there isn't behavioral discussion involved, but it turns the whole thing on its head. Let's, let's look at a few of these. Okay, first of all, if you're a brother, sister, father, or mother, whether you do it right or not, you're still it. When you're being part of a family, the discussion starts becoming whether or not what you're doing is helpful to the family, whether or not it's fulfilling the purpose of being a family, whether or not the other parts of the family want to be part of the family with you while you're doing it. These are conversations that are worth having, but you're not saying, well, if I do that, am I still the family, part of the family? Well, we might treat you like you're not, but you can't get away from it. You still are. It becomes very difficult to even think in terms of doing it correctly because you're going to do it no matter whether it's correct or not. When you're in a family, you're going to do it whether you're doing it right or not. So we should be taking a tack of saying, okay, we are doing this. We are being this. Given that, what do we, you know, what's, what's a, a, a way to conduct ourselves that is beneficial? Not correct, beneficial. What's the correct way to be a family? Well, there's lots of ways that could be correct, and there are some lots of things that would be very detrimental, and those are valid conversations to have. But nonetheless, you're a family, whether you do it correctly or not. It starts to become much more difficult to define correctness in terms of specific behavior or conduct. Certainly, you can say some behaviors aren't helpful, or, or they're even hurtful, to the purpose of the family, but you can't say that you aren't a family unless you engage in proper behavior. Do you get what I'm saying? So the whole conversation about, you know, what's the seven ingredients that constitutes a bona fide family would just be sort of, well, okay, that's academic, and we might have that conversation, and we are in our culture, aren't we? What constitutes family? It becomes an academic one, but if you say, I'm in a family, it doesn't help you to say, well, let's see, uh, you know, are these seven things present to quantify whether I'm in a family or not? It doesn't help you determine what should I do now that I'm, I've recognized that I'm in a family. 
So let's ask the question, how do you conduct family? I'm going to put these in the context of church using the word. So uh, on what day should we be a family? I went to visit a man in the hospital, a friend of mine, he was in a car accident, and I went to visit him, and he was sharing a room with another man, and I was praying with my friend, and after we got done praying, the other man says, I perceive that you are a religious person, sort of like the woman at the well. I sort of thought, I've never had that happen before, but that was interesting. And he said, I've got a question for you. And I thought, uh-oh, you know, I came to visit my buddy. I didn't really want to discuss, uh, you know, whatever, doctrine or theology, but go ahead. And he said, well, what is the right day to go to church? Well, I did not expect that question. That's the first time somebody's actually asked me that question. And it took me by surprise. And I thought for a while, and I said, any day the thing is open. <laughs> if you're talking about going to a building, I mean, if nobody else is there, there's no going. If everybody else is there, why don't you show up? And it'll probably do you some good. But, it, you know, we asked the question, what day is the right day to be a family? Well, what day is the right day to be the church? It, it doesn't make sense when we start talking in the context of ontology as opposed to behavior. So let's let's ask a few more, okay? Are you a family only when you are together? Are you a family only when you're together? No, but without anybody else involved, you are not a family. <laughs> Somebody had to be involved for you to be a family, and you're in it together. There's still an issue of usness, if that's a word, involved. We can't take the usness out of it. Um, let me ask this one. Is it appropriate to use instruments as a family? Well, it depends. Is it appropriate to use instruments at the dinner table? Or in the bathtub? Or the shower? I mean, it depends what we're talking about. But when you start talking about conducting certain things, now we can start talking about, okay, what's the objectives here? You know, it changes the whole dynamic of these kind of questions when you start talking in an ontological sense or an anthropological sense. All right, how about this? How about drums? Is that appropriate in a family? Well, I, I remember when I first came to North Dakota that I was talking to a man, and he was all upset, and he quit going to that church because they started using drums. I think there's some families that would say it's absolutely not. It's not appropriate to have drums because I've got one nerve left, and somebody would be stepping on it. But anyway... Should we wear certain clothes when we are at family or head covering? Should we eat together or take communion? Should women speak in the family? These are the questions that when you start talking about church and you put them in this context, they take on a whole different meaning than if you say, can we be the church and accomplish and still do these things? They start becoming nonsense questions. Then we start putting them in a different context and say, what are we doing when we're together? And why are we? And is this help us towards that? It's no longer in the context of, is that a church or not? Or we can't be church if we do this. Or the question of church gets out of the way. And now we're talking about, well, it depends. It depends on what? Is it appropriate to play the guitar in the shower? You know, now we're talking about what is the purpose, what are we trying to accomplish, and does this further that, or does this not further that? Remember, it was Paul that said everything is permissible, but not expedient. Everything is legal, if you will. It's not valuable, <laughs> you know. And why do you say that? Well, 
I mean, you got, you have to go back to saying, you died to the law, you removed the legality issues, now the question is, what enhances or detracts your relationship with God and with everybody else? This is, this is what sums up the entire law and the prophets, remember? And now we're into a whole different conversation. You understand what I'm saying? Let me be really clear about this. I am not saying that we should not have conversations about the topics I brought up. These are absolutely conversations to have. These are absolutely appropriate to have opinions that say, this is not helpful when we come together to do such and such. I have opinions about that. I also want to go one other step further. There is instruction about these very things. Not necessarily the things that I raised, but I mean about this is not helpful when you come together. Paul made specific instructions about things. They have a place. But what we've done is we've missed the whole point of the study of church in that if we treat it as the study of origins, organization, <coughs> development, self-contained entity, or in relation to a society as a whole. That's the, that's the definition of sociology, which is a branch of anthropology. If we treat this as saying, you know what? What we're really trying to figure out is what works to accomplish the purpose that Jesus Christ set up this entity as a whole. And we have some instruction about that. And we can take that instruction. But we can also learn other things that, that aren't said. Do you follow what I'm saying? Is this, is this making any sense? So to me, the essential element is the presence of Jesus Christ and us. People, and, and believe me, there are people who show up together and Jesus is not in their presence. And I'm not saying people come to church and Jesus is not in their presence, although that might happen too. But I'm saying you can go to the bar and not find Jesus in their presence. You can go to all kinds of places and not find Jesus in their presence. But when two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, and we better understand what that means, Jesus is in their presence, that constitutes the church. And it only takes two. And why? Because it's an us-ness that defines the group of people. You can't have a group as one. And so for those who go to church by themselves, they're not part of the, the church when they're by themselves. What I mean by that is some people say, no, I don't believe in the church. I have my own church. I, have, I go out in the woods and I have church. No, you don't. You don't have church because you aren't church, <laughs> you know. Being the church is what we're talking about and not coming together. So my answer to you, where does it say that we have to go someplace to go to church? There's a few places that the scripture tells us, do not neglect the gathering together. There are a few places that say, when you come together, be sure that these things are a part of what you're doing. But it does not say how to come together, how often to come together, when to come together, what together actually means, whether it's in a big building or a home or a, a, under a tree. All of those things are man-made interpretation to do it, and some of which are good things. I mean, I would not want to be gathering under a tree today. And so it's not that those are bad things. It's just that we should not put on the, them the weight of being, the weight of ontology. We should not define being based on 
whether you're in the correct building, whether you conduct your right behavior, you should define your being as to whether or not you are part of, and talking about being the Christian church, part of the body of Christ. Here's the thing I want to say, and, and this is what concerns me a little bit. We cannot be entirely the ungathered church, the Christian church. And, and the reason is the one anotherness requires interaction. Now, I'm not saying that the word church is used only to mean those that gather in a physical way. And I'm not saying that when you're not gathered in a physical way, you're not part of that church. But in relationship with other people is one of the essential ingredients of being part of the church. However, the Bible does, and I, I pointed it out in my notes last time, the Bible does refer to the universal church that which includes all believers that ever were and ever will be. There's times when the Bible refers to the church in that way. There's several people that I have not ever gathered with physically that are part of that church, and so am I. I don't want to eliminate the fact that when we start talking about being the church, a significant, important aspect of that is how we conduct our interactions with one another. Because it's actually through those interactions that the church is built. It's in those interactions, and I'm getting into my sermon for next time, it's in those interactions that the body, the physical existence of Jesus Christ exists on this earth. There's a reason that we are the body and he is the head. There's a reason that we have the Holy Spirit, but we display Jesus Christ. And we do that in our relationships, in our interactions. They will know you are, what? My disciples by what? Your love for one another, not your love for me. And so the issue there is that we cannot eliminate the ingredient of the one anotherness, or it no longer serves the purpose of the body. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And for more information on TRC Ministries or to contact us, go to www.regenerationcenter.org.